Welcome back to another episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries, where we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast, and my name is Shakira, and I want to welcome you back if you are already a part of our Carefree family. But if you're not, it's okay. Feel free to subscribe, and you can be notified every single time we have a new episode here. And if you hear something that resonates with you, please, please don't be stingy. Share it with a friend, auntie, cousin, whoever you feel like needs to hear it as well. So we were off last week, and if you follow the Instagram page or the Twitter page, you knew this because I wanted to make sure you all were just like not caught off guard. Like, oh, it's Tuesday. Why is another episode not here? But I do try to, well, I try my hardest to keep you all up to date on what we have going on. So last Sunday, I was in a car accident and I was just like hurting physically and just going through a lot and feeling so many emotions mentally. And I just needed time and a week or so to gather myself. So here we are. That's why we didn't have an episode last week, but I'm back and I'm still processing a lot mentally and emotionally, but physically I feel a whole lot better. Um, so that's just a little update on my life. Now let's hop into our carefree updates. So as many of you all know, or should know, Kamala, I think it's pronounced Kamala, Harris and Cory Booker have both threw their hats into the ring as presidential candidates for 2020. Now, if you are not familiar with Kamala or Cory, no worries. There's nothing to be ashamed of. This is a safe space. I know politics is one of those things that we don't ask a whole lot of questions about because it can be very intimidating. And then sometimes when you do ask people about things, they just want to get real in depth and start mentioning things that are just like so far away from our everyday. Uh, So yeah, my hope here is to try to keep you all updated and provide a little information to you, especially when it comes to elections and things in government that are occurring, because we need now more than ever to really be abreast or knowledgeable of these things, because believe it or not, they directly impact us as a community and those around us. So Cory Booker, he is a senator from New Jersey and Kamala is a senator from California. And they are not the only people running, but they are two of the most prominent outside of um, Elizabeth Warren. And I'm speaking within the Democratic Party, um, Elizabeth Warren. And they are the only black candidates that I know of so far, because there seems to be a bunch of people joining the race at this point. I mean, everybody's running. But if you are of voting age, And even if you aren't, I want you to do research on these candidates and really look at their policies, things that they've stood for while they were in office and things that they did not stand for and see if it aligns with your personal views. One thing that has bothered me so much lately is that so many people are basing their decisions on whether or not they're going to vote for someone because of something that they see someone say on Twitter. I do not like that. And I'm speaking specifically of Kamala Harris. I've seen a number of people liking and retweeting tweets saying that she won't get their vote. And I'm not here to say otherwise. Like, don't get me wrong. But what I'm telling you is to fact check the things that you see on the Internet. Do your own research and see how these people voted or decided on certain issues. Because I know one of the things that she's facing a lot of backlash from now is um, prison reform. So don't take a stranger's word on the internet as the gospel. And that's that on that. 
So speaking of politicians, to my listeners in Virginia, I just have one question. What is going on up there? So the newly elected governor of the state, his name was or is Ralph Northam, I believe it's pronounced. Um, And he faced backlash when a photo resurfaced from a medical school yearbook. Yes, a medical school yearbook um, of a person in blackface. And at first, Ralph, old Ralphie boy, he admitted that it was him in the picture. And then later, he wanted to retract his statement and said that it wasn't him in the picture. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I know myself when I see myself in pictures. Also... Even if I forget taking a picture, I can still vaguely recall like moments when the picture was taken. So how you can say, yes, it was me in the picture and then flip and say, oh, wait, no, that wasn't me. Like, come on, dude. Come on. What do you take us for? And that's not all, y'all. So the person who will fill his place had he resigned is the Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax. He's also facing sexual harassment allegations. And if that's not enough, the attorney general, Mark Herring, came out last Wednesday and said that he, too, wore blackface. So he said he wore brown makeup and a wig in 1980 so that he could look like a black rapper during an undergrad party at the University of Virginia. So to me, it sounded like the picture was about to surface So he just tried to get in front of the story before it broke. Now, dear white people, blackface was never okay. It's still not okay and never will be okay. I am so sick of people saying, but X amount of years has passed. They've changed. Look, I feel you, but no. Like, I am so sick of people who are not black people telling black people when we should be over something or when we should forgive people. We don't tell people to get over the Holocaust. We don't tell people to get over 9-11. Um, Katrina, when the government drug their feet to help people. We, like, we don't do that. So don't tell us when we should be over something because you don't understand our pain and you never can when people of your ethnic background are the ones inflicting the pain. So that's my soapbox. Virginia, I pray y'all are able to find better leaders. I really do. And speaking of blackface, see, it has been so much going on, y'all. A few days ago, Gucci came out um, with a sweater. And the sweater looked a lot like um, these little characters that used to be very popular after slavery days. And during slavery days, these characters will be used as entertainment to white people because they will be mimicking black people in ways that they thought were funny. So the sweater looks a whole lot like those characters that used to be around back then. And then Gucci came out and tried to apologize. So this is the thing. This is how I feel about that. I believe Prada had the same thing happen when they had um, these little figurines in their storefronts um, maybe a few months back, really not that long ago. This is how I know these companies don't have black people in the rooms where they make major decisions. You don't have them in your marketing rooms. You don't have them in the rooms where you make major decisions because if you had a black person in those rooms, they would have told you better. 
that person would have been able to say, mm, y'all know what? I don't think we should use that. Let's come up with something else because that's going to be offensive to a group of people. That's how I know you don't have black people in those rooms. And also, it really upset me because I respect Dapper Dan so much. And Gucci had this big rollout um, about Dapper Dan and these ideas and concepts that he was going to be creating. But now I feel like you were using him as a pawn to get deeper within the black community. And I know people are saying like, boycott, boycott. I completely agree. And I'm going to keep it real with you. I don't own anything Gucci. And I'm so thankful that I don't. But these rappers, the athletes, other people who are just buying Gucci, they have to be the ones to say, you know what? That's enough. Now, do I believe that they're going to do so? No, I don't. Just because I know the climate that we live in and I know how much um, importance we attach to name brands and labels. So especially in hip hop and in rap culture, like I just know. So if they decided to boycott and chose not to wear Gucci anymore, I would be surprised to say the least. So I don't know. Y'all let me know how y'all feel about that. But that's how I feel on it. So that's the end of our carefree updates. Let's have our sponsor and then we'll hop into our topic. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, hopping right into our topic, since it's the week of Valentine's Day, I figured that we would do a Valentine's-themed topic. And that topic is, what's love got to do with it? And I want you to take a few seconds to think about what love means to you. Um, and just think, is love mostly physical to you? Is it emotional? Is it mental? Is a partner, whether boyfriend or girlfriend, um, is that person providing you with something and that indicates their love for you? I want you to just think about that. So when I asked myself this, I honestly had a very hard time defining what love meant for me. So I'm just going to get real personal right here. So outside of my family and my friends, I have only told one other person as in a partner that I love them. And I can't remember the exact moment I told them or what triggered it, but I did. So me and this person, we went through a lot. Um, he was a, he had a good heart, but his intentions and actions just did not align with what he was saying to me during that time. So I was confused because it's like, you're saying one thing, but you're doing something completely different. 
So needless to say, we had a huge falling out, but we're friends now and I'm okay with that. But as time passed, I realized that a lot of what we went through was a product of growing pains. And we were just on completely different paths in life. Like I was going to college and also in college and he was going his own way down his own separate path. But I had an extremely hard time dealing with that and accepting that for what it was. And I just knew, like, in my heart of hearts that we were supposed to be together. You know, when you already, like, imagine the house you're going to live in with the person, um, what car y'all going to drive, what the wedding is going to look like, what your future is going to be like with this person. It takes a lot to snap out of that and realize that what you're envisioning just is not going to happen. But I loved him. And from what I had seen on television growing up and in movies and even from relationships around me, love was supposed to outweigh everything. What's a relationship without some turmoil? What's a relationship without drama and big falling outs? I've seen so many people reconnect with their partners over and over and over again. So that was the model that i seen my entire life. You're supposed to argue. You're supposed to fight and fuss. Not fight physically. I knew better than that. But anyway, that's just how love was supposed to go, right? That's what I thought. So I thought love was this unconditional attachment to a person that no matter what they did or what we went through, love would always be the glue that kept the two of us together. And we've all seen it. Movies like Love and Basketball. It showed me that I needed to be there for a guy when he was hurting, even if I was dealing with my own issues, because if I wasn't, he'd think I didn't care about him and he'd leave me for some girl at a house party, just like Quincy left Monica. But even if that happened, we will somehow find our way back to each other in the end, just like in love and basketball. But as I've gotten older, I see some flaws within that. I downplay so much that has happened in my dealings with other people in terms of relationships. I have let so much slide because I thought that situations, no matter how big or small, were just setting the foundation of a sound relationship. But I was wrong. (laughs) So wrong. I was talking to one of my best friends last week and I was telling her, You know, I used to believe like putting up with certain things and tolerating them would show someone that I really cared about them and that I'm just down to ride through whatever. Like that's supposed to prove my love for them. But now I don't see it that way. And I don't know if that's because I'm a bit older now or I've just had some really messed up situations. And I do mean messed up, y'all. Situations occur and it just kind of woke me up. It made me see the light. And I realized that love isn't tolerance. I thought that, and so many other people do too, whether they realize it or not. So y'all know me. I had to look it up, find the real meaning of it. So tolerance is defined as the capacity to endure pain or hardship, the capacity to endure continued subjection to something. Women and men, but I'm a woman, so I'm speaking from our perspective. 
Too many times we believe that tolerance or subjecting ourselves to pain over and over again will be a symbol of our love for someone. It's going to prove to them that we love them. And we have to get out of that mindset. Maya Angelou said, and I'm sure you've heard this quote before, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. See, we see people for who they are, but then we think, oh, he'll change. I can change him. Newsflash, sis or brother, you cannot change a grown man. Men have to want to change for themselves first. And even if you do convince him that he needs to change his actions for you, if he does without first wanting to change and be better for himself, it is going to backfire. And I'm speaking from experience. He's going to become resentful towards you for wanting him to change when he's perfectly fine with how he is. And if he wanted to change, he would have done so on his own. So example, the same guy that I was talking about before, I wanted him to go to church. So I just kept mentioning it and mentioning it and mentioning it until he finally, you know, just wanting to appease me and get me to stop bringing it up. He went and listen, y'all, the man sat right there in the church looking like he had sucked on a lemon through the whole service. His face was so scrunched up, but I was trying to get him to do something that he wasn't ready to do for himself. And now I know that, and I know that it wasn't fair for him or me. Now we both miserable in the church. He mad because I drug him here and I'm mad because he mad. That's what I mean when I say your partner has to want to change on their own. You cannot force that. We, I know that we have great intentions most of the times. I know you want your partner to work on different things about themselves. You want them to be a better person, um, whether it's wanting them to go to school, wanting them to go to church or some kind of religious service or accomplishing their dream. But if you are anything like me, the time and attention that you put into pushing them forward can be taking away from you doing what you have to do to be a better person yourself or accomplish your own dreams. When I think about how much time I spent trying to change or improve a man, I really get upset because hindsight is always twenty twenty, And I see now that, you know, I'm out of those situations. I see now that I could have been using that time to improve myself. But instead, what was I out here doing? I was out here trying to play Bob the Builder and build a man. And it just wasn't fair to either of us. It's not fair to the person you're trying to change because you're forcing the image that you've built up in your own mind of how they should be onto them. And it's not fair to you because your job isn't to create the person that you want to be with. Now, don't get me wrong. There is room for two people to grow alongside each other. I believe that you order me, I order you is the true essence of a great relationship. But that person has to already possess certain characteristics and qualities that you are looking for and also demand from a partner. If he was a womanizer for 15 years before he met you, what makes you think he's going to change overnight and that you will be the person to do it? And at this point, you have to think about your children. 
even if you don't have kids right now, you have to ask, would this person make a great parent? These like you really have to ask yourself these questions and get to the root of things because is this who you want your child to mirror? Because as much as we may hate hate it, seriously, we are products of the people who created us in looks, in beliefs, attitudes, so many ways. I will be the first to admit that there are things about myself that I am working extremely hard to change. And it is so hard because it's generational. It's been passed down. It's the way people in my family have thought and behaved for years and years. And it just passed right on down to me. So do you want certain things passed down to your children from this person, from your mate? These are the questions you have to ask yourself. Because if not, it's time for you to hit the road and move onward and upward to freedom. Um, so what does love have to do with this? Not a single thing. Do not confuse love with tolerance because it's not that. Love is not compromising things that you want from a partner just because this person may, strong may, change one day. And love is not projecting an image that you've built up in your mind onto that person. Like I said, it's not fair to them or you. So if you have someone in your life that kind of reminds you of what we talked about today, I want to leave you with one thing to think about. Since we're using her today as our guru, Maya Angelou said one thing in an interview, and you can look it up on YouTube, but it said, love liberates. It does not hold. That's ego. Ego is what compels us to hold on to a person, even when we know we should be letting them go. Ego is that thing that doesn't want others to see us as single and lonely because we're not with someone anymore. That's ego. If you love someone, love them enough to be able to let them go for their own good and yours. See, the guy that I loved, I still love him to this day, but I was able to let him go when I put my ego to the side and stop worrying about what people would think if we weren't dealing with each other anymore. Ego will have you tied up in situationships and relationships, draining you of all your time and your energy. Kill the ego and remember that love liberates both of you to go on and be better people, whether that's together or apart. So remember that. And have a very happy Valentine's Day. Please be safe. Share your location with a friend um, so they can keep track of you. So, yeah, that's all I have for today, you all. Remember, you can follow us on the Instagram page at Carefree and Black Diaries. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Carefree Black Pod. That is Carefree, B-L-K-P-O-D. So remember, stay black and carefree. And we'll see you next time in the next episode of The Carefree and Black Diaries. Bye, guys.